Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Home Matters Podcast. I'm Randy Brock, and I'm joined by Ethan Kasky, Lynn Whiteman, and our special guest today, Michelle Fagan. We are going to be talking about a tiny bit about spring and the market, and then we're going to dig into Michelle's and her husband Sean's business here in Rochester, which has been varied over the years. Uh, Ethan, what do you think lately about what's going on in real estate? Here we are, and just as a bookmark for anyone listening, it's about the middle of April, 2023, and the sun is shining. It is officially socks and sandals season. It is, um, and the weather is great. Yesterday I was out fishing, and oh, we might even get 80 this week I saw on the weather. So It's fantastic. Excited about that. Uh, we have decent inventory levels right now, and um, things are looking good for the spring. Which has been the number one issue. And if mm-hmm. nothing else, people are just in a better mood. Right. Everybody you see, everyone you talk to is yeah. just a little bit happier because the sun is out and it's just a bit warmer. So right. that makes everything good. I you don't know, know about anyone else, but this was a long winter. It was. Yeah. 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 And when people <laughs> ask us about real estate in November and December, when things are still happening a little bit, we always have to say, oh, you know, it's, it's fine. It's good. Mm-hmm. But when spring happens, the spring market is for real, probably because it just feels better to be outside. And, and the who flowers. wants to move in January? Right. <laughs> I mean, it, it happens and it works, but it's much nicer when it's 70 degrees outside. Well, we might have to edit this once we get to October and we'll tell everyone, it's great to move in January. Yeah. I've done it. And there's no problems at all. No problems at all. That's true. But yeah, we are seeing more homes come on the market now, which is good for everybody. That's the number one thing. Mm-hmm. is the inventory has been the issue and when we see that going back up it's good for buyers and it's still good for sellers all right so our special guest today michelle fagan you have been around rochester for a long time right you grew up in rochester i did and i had to stalk a little bit on facebook we're facebook friends but i needed a little bit more info so i found out that you grew up here you went to john marshall mm-hmm. but you went to south dakota and that's where your life changed a little bit. Tell us about this adventure. Yeah, so I grew up in Rochester, went to RCLS and then to John Marshall, and then I went to South Dakota State University and studied photojournalism and journalism there. And that's where I met my husband, Sean, uh, first week of our freshman year in a Bible study. (laughs) So Nice. um, And then by the end of the fall, uh, we decided to start dating. So... Um, we've been together since we were 18, wow. which is a little bit crazy, but yeah. Uh, yeah, really awesome at the same time. It's kind of fun to be able to say, you know, we basically grew up together. Well, yeah. So um, I think that helps us be on the same page about a lot of things because we decided a lot of our life's path together. Nice. So did you have to decide <clears throat> whether you were going to stay in South Dakota? Or whether you were going to come here, how did you how did you guys negotiate that? So, after college, uh, we worked for newspapers and magazines, um, and mostly in photojournalism for Sean, and then a little bit of that for me. And uh, we moved to Utah, Iowa, and then when we were in Iowa, we I guess we always knew, even when we were in college before we were married, that we wanted to open a portrait studio someday. So. When we were in Iowa, uh, we were in a, let's just say, a not-so-favorable work situation Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, where we learned a lot. Uh, I wouldn't take it back. We learned so much when we were there, but um, we were ready to go. Yeah. And after a couple years. So 
we actually we were ready to go before that, but we <laughs> stuck it out. So uh, we were pregnant with our first son. We have two boys, and that did influence us a bit. I wanted I wanted my kids to know their grandparents, and Sean was in Sean's parents. Excuse me, Sean's dad was in the Air Force, and so he grew up moving around yeah. and never lived by family and. Uh, most of my family is in, or much of my family is in Minnesota, and I got to spend time with my grandparents regularly and my aunts and uncles, and they've had a really special role in my life. So I wanted that for our kids. And when Lucas was uh, born, then, you know, Sean recognized that that was really important too. And so that's probably the only convincing I had to do because uh, then we started doing some market research and seeing you know, what, what would be a good place to open a portrait studio someday, or soon, actually, at that point. Um, we didn't want to follow newspaper jobs around anymore. Um, we had put, well, we had put a lot of time and prayer into uh, just seeking God's plan for that, and uh, we both felt quite strongly, I guess, that that was God's will for us just to go and do it. Yeah, that's awesome. And the timing was crazy. Um, we had a baby, we had a house that was for sale in a market where mm-hmm. houses were on the market for like three years. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, we were fresh out of college and here we were gonna come to Rochester. And yeah. um, we actually moved into my dad's basement for nine months and the three of us, because it was Lucas and Sean and me then. And it was an incredible blessing to be able to live there and have grandparents and uncles to help out with Lucas. And then we worked on building the business. And then, um, yeah, it was so cool. I mean, it doesn't even make sense. I mean, at that time, there were less than 10 photographers in the phone book, because that's where you you advertised in the yellow pages of that time, and there were less than 10, I think, and few, some were digital and some were film. Mm-hmm. So we were coming in just at the right time, a timing that that we couldn't have figured out, I guess, or that we, we came in at just the right time. Yeah. Uh, the market was really looking for something fresh and new, and uh, that was us, you know, right. we had a, a new, exciting, uh, fresh look at things and anyway so um, after nine months we were able to uh, move into our house uh, we had we bought our house over in Northwest Rochester and we thought well this is our three to five year house <laughs> right we're still there still there <laughs> yeah and we love it nice. Uh, nice. instead uh, well as the studio grew, we operated out of our house for a few years, and then we bought a building downtown on Broadway. Nice. So one of the late 1800s buildings. So we came to this town, I think, about the same time we moved to Rochester. So if my math is correct, you moved here about 2000, 2002, something like that? It was yeah, 2003. Close to 2003, mm-hmm. OK. And at the time when you got your journey, I mean, photojournalism, you probably felt, I think we probably were on a similar track. I felt like the only thing I could do was in the world of media. Mm-hmm. So you probably kind of run out of gas at some point, too, if you're following, thinking about following that newspaper job to newspaper job. Yeah. It's kind of that 
you know, bounce around from market to market. We left, um, like I said, Iowa was a very difficult work situation. Um, and so it kind of forced us out. Sure. And that's great. It worked. It we always thought change. that we were going to follow around newspaper jobs, but that was not the right path for us. Right. And you're, you're not alone in this town with people who were <laughs> photographers who worked in news and then branched out on your own, mm -hmm. which is awesome. So you started Fagan Studios then as soon as you moved here pretty much. Yes. Within about a yep. year. We didn't have any other jobs. We just worked on building the business. And you still have your storefront downtown. Yes, we do. That's wonderful. Yeah. It's been, yeah, it's crazy. Nice. <laughs> It's How, been about 20 years. It's well, so wild. <laughs> I was going to ask, too. So you're, you and Sean now are both professional photographers. Mm -hmm. How are, you know, how has that industry changed other than, I think you kind of hinted at it, you, you're looking at probably more competition, mm -hmm. more people in the business, but you've been steadfast. You've been holding on tight to that, and it seems to be doing yeah. very well. Yeah, it's great. About 20 years ago, it used to be that freshmen, sophomores, juniors, they were so excited to come in and have their uh, portraits taken. And not that they're not excited anymore, but um, we're at a point where everybody carries a camera with them all the time. And teenagers have thousands and thousands of photographs of themselves. Um, when we first got started, most photographers were still shooting film. and. I don't know, we all had film cameras when we were younger, and, mm -hmm. and uh, I mean, I did too. I still, I still love that. But things are really different now. I mean, we, so I guess the, we've had to set ourselves apart um, by striving for a high level of personalized service, by creating a beautiful and tangible product. And I guess our, our hope is that people will treasure the portraits for years, for generations to come, that people's children will treasure them and their grandchildren. We're coming into an era where basically it's a photographless generation. P digital is going oh, to yeah. uh, change, or digital has changed a lot of things. We don't give prints to people anymore just for fun. And so I know that it's a little bit of an older idea, but we still believe that that's really important. Mm -hmm. um, you don't hang your phone on the wall and, and look at the portrait or right, the pictures that you right. took. You uh, Sure, there are some ways to see those, but a beautiful portrait takes time to create and artistry to create. And Sean is just excellent at that. It's yeah. totally his skill set. Another thing that we that we have done to set ourselves apart is to create an experience for our clients. It's fun, Sean's really good at what he does. He can make anyone feel at ease and he's always making people laugh. So relationships yeah. are super, super important. And we believe that our clients know that we truly care about them and that they're just not, you know, coming in to do business with right. with a business, right? Yeah. They're coming in to work with Sean and Michelle. Nice. So it's relationship driven. Something, yes. something that's interesting is when I look at photographs, um, even from the past, it, when I, as a person, look at the photograph of myself, I will either like or dislike it based on the experience that I had when that was being taken. 
So we had some really lovely family photos done when the girls were young, but it wasn't a good experience. And mm -hmm. I never really looked back on those, on, on those portraits as something positive because I remember the stress I was under that day. I remember those mm -hmm. things. So the idea that you create an experience is really what makes the difference. One time Ron was working with a photographer and he said the question that he hated the most was, people would say, well, what kind of camera do you use? Because the camera really doesn't make that much difference. It's the eye, the eye of the photographer that can focus in and you you two seem to have really captured that in your in your business yeah anyone can take a picture but uh, it takes a lot of artistry and talent to create a portrait of someone that makes the subject feel confident and proud of who they are and we're so grateful that we've had the opportunity to serve our community um, just in that way for so many years yeah. which has been awesome way to go 20 years at least for doing yeah. that Good for yeah, you. Yeah, in September it will be 20. So now we get to talk a little bit more about business growth. Yeah, so one of the cool things you guys have brought to Rochester is a key, and I was kind of wondering where your idea of that came from, um, and has it turned out to be what you thought it was going to be when you started it? So the idea of the name or the idea of the... Well, yeah, what is, what is the meaning behind the name? We can start there. Okay, well, a key means here in Spanish. Uh, cafe is coffee, so you know, coffee here. But the idea is that people will come and be here and connect here and you know, we don't have a drive-through. We're a place where people come and, and chill and relax and let their shoulders drop and connect with people around them. Um, again, all about relationships. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, it's super important to us and I know that other people are looking for connection too. We're not the only ones. So uh, we wanted to create a space like that, a space that we wanted, that we longed for. So uh, as far as the name, we, uh, we've, had, we've had the joy to travel to Mexico, and we've also had the uh, wonderful opportunity to host people from Ecuador and Brazil in our home. And I don't know, you know, a key also means, means here in Portuguese. So... Um, it's just the connection, boy, I am really You're stumbling. doing that very well, though, there. You're doing that connection very well because, you know, even back in, you know, January and February, when this winter, we're Minnesotans, we, we can say we love it, we get out, we cross-country <laughs> ski, we enjoy the snow, too, but at some point the winter does hit you kind of hard, and your environment there is so uplifting it was so nice to just go in and hang out in a greenhouse among right. yeah. exactly. all the leafy greens and the sunshine outside. It might be 10 degrees, but in there, it's the, it is a tropical, lush environment. It's sometimes created. easy to forget about how green things are in the winter because we have no grass out there. And yeah. I have a couple plants <laughs> that I try to keep alive, but you can go there and be surrounded by plants. And it's a really unique experience. So what made you think about partnering with Sargents to create that environment? What, where did that idea come from? Because that's, that's special. Well, it's a pandemic, baby. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so my whole family, we, we all play soccer, all four of us. And so Nick Sargent is one of our best friends and he and his family, they have all played soccer over the years too. And usually it's alongside of us. I mean, we, we play co-ed soccer with Nick and then um, the boys, 
or his two boys are the same ages as my two boys. And they've at times been on the same soccer teams and at times different, but um, that's what we do, you know? And um, during the height of the pandemic, uh, shutdown stuff, there was no soccer, there was no anything. And mm. we, weren't, we weren't seeing anyone. We were being cautious because, um, you know, we see our parents and we didn't want to bring something to them. And, and we have a couple friends that were immune compromised. So we were just kind of being cautious with that. And so I think it was by the summertime, we decided we would hang out with people outside a little bit more. And um, Nick has a boat and we went out on the boat a few times because we didn't have to go to soccer practice or anything. So um, anyway, during that time, he had talked about his daughter Sophie goes to college in Vancouver and he talked about a market up there and how cool would it be if we brought some sort of market to the Second Street store? You know, I've just been thinking, what else can we do there mm. that will, um, and honestly, one thing that he wanted to do is reach a younger generation. Still keep his current customers happy and, and loving shopping there, but to reach, um, I guess, the, the millennials. The millennials are the, what I've heard is the largest workforce excuse me, the largest generation coming into the workforce. Mm -hmm. And right now they're, prof they're becoming professionals and they're having um, disposable income. They have their first homes, they're, um, they're guard, they're, you know, they, this generation seems to have a love for older things like gardening and knitting and, and crochet and, and that kind of stuff. So it's a, a market that he was hoping to reach, I guess. Yeah. So he brought it up and then he's like, or maybe, you know, maybe we could put a coffee shop in there or a cafe of some sort. And we're like, oh, yes, you should absolutely do that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, he said, but talk to us first because we have all sorts of ideas. Um, I always love to go get a coffee and everywhere we go, I always love to stop for a treat. And and I'm not an ice cream lover so much. I'm, I'm into coffee. Sure. So, um Sean would say that uh, people would say that the best cup of coffee in town was in my kitchen. And so I always thought this would be really fun to open a coffee shop, but mm -hmm. I thought I don't, it's totally out of our norm, right? We're photographers, we're small business owners, but we don't have, we've never had a restaurant before, or a coffee shop before. Um, but my brother was in, or is in, high-end espresso catering in Las Vegas. So, I mean, it is a little bit in wow. our blood and in our family, and my cousin owns a coffee shop in Chicago area. Um, so, I don't know, it just kind of all, it all kind of fell together really interestingly, but. Um, it seems clear on the outside that it has come together. It's a very authentic. And your family gatherings you must be just quite fun now because you all bring coffee information together. Right. <laughs> yes, yeah, that is Sit kind of fun. Sit around and talk coffee. <laughs> that is fun. Uh, we have a number of entrepreneurs in the family, and that's it's super fun just to have that understanding of each other. And what I love most about your story is this is a pandemic baby because we love to sit around and talk about what the pandemic took away from us, mm -hmm. and we do that 
more often than we look at what what was the goodness of the pandemic mm -hmm. what did it bring into our lives the richness of you know again being able to gather and appreciating that and those kinds of things so i love that about what you what you said about your your new business yeah yeah people yeah. are longing for connection and we've missed out on it for a while so yeah. Um, I think more than ever, they have realized the importance of gathering and, and being with people and relationships. So, And I also love that Nick thinks only young people like to do that because that makes me feel younger just sitting there. <laughs> You've always <laughs> been a I'm, hipster. I'm You've not always a millennial, <laughs> but I love to gather there, so oh, that's exciting. <laughs> well, coffee is kind of a universal thing. Everybody really likes coffee it is. for the most part. It yeah. is. Good coffee. Good coffee, yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I mean, that's not the only goal. That was what he had in mind. Uh, mm -hmm. But we knew that um, families come to sergeants. They, you know, grandmothers and, and daughters and their kids, they come together. So yeah. how could we provide something that would allow them to have a wonderful treat in a beautiful place and enjoy each other's company and make it a special event? So yeah, it's been, it's been really cool. I'm so grateful. And That's one awesome. of the things I notice when I go to a key is just how nice everybody is and the experience of buying the coffee. Is that something that you really try to focus on is the experience as far as buying the coffee and the workers that you have there are phenomenal, just across the board. Thank you. Yeah, they're really awesome. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I, some of my baristas have some past experience and many of them don't. When I hired them, I hired them based off of their personalities and how I thought they would connect with people across the counter. Um, I wanted I wanted service to be first and smiles and welcoming and uh, making people feel good about being there to be like at the forefront. Of course, we create a delicious product. We have excellent coffee. We, we work with a roaster out of Madison, Wisconsin, who um, in like national and international competitions has places very highly in uh, in what he does and um, and the beans are very important to good coffee and you yes. do that very well the beans are very important so this yeah. is this is a, a to be clear if someone doesn't know where you are this is in sergeants on second are, are there yes. any plans maybe to open a coffee shop on the north side out on 18th avenue with that have you talked about that with Nick? We're kicking around some ideas and um, some conversations have been had, but nothing I can give any details about right now. Of course, we figured you would say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you we heard it fact, here first. In fact, in fact we, we weren't going to even ask, but just, you know, maybe with to-go cups, they can wander the gardens there. Yeah. Um, so you've been a small business owner for a long time in Rochester. And you gave that away when you said you used to advertise in the Yellow Pages because the millennials may not even know what the Yellow Pages are. <laughs> a phone book. So you gave that away. But um, how has being a small business owner changed in Rochester through the years? What looks what looks different now, and how what is what's happening downtown Rochester that brings hope for your business that's still there? I think we went through a time where everybody thought that ordering online was a really good thing and super convenient, but I'm hopeful that that is turning around. I think that it is. Um, I know for me, I love to go somewhere where I walk into the store and it's my fellow small business owner who 
I'm always intentional about greeting by name and um, and that's reciprocated I guess but um, I love to personally be able to support someone that I know and someone that's part of my community and I'm hopeful that that's where small business is going or excuse me where business trends are going in general and shopping trends experience are important and service is important and I think people want to be part of a community and they want connection they want to go <laughs> they want to go where everyone knows their name yeah and <laughs> I know that some people will get that reference and some won't <laughs> um, Norm is in the corner he would agree oh yes yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that I mean, being downtown too with our with Fagan Studios, it's uh, it's an exciting time. There's a lot of potential. I feel we're seeing a lot of small business owners working together and and um, having a similar vision for what they want their downtown to be. Um, I think the downtown has been forgotten over the years, mm -hmm. especially the last several, and. Well, let's say, especially since about 2020, it's been forgotten. Um, Mayo's even moved thousands of employees out. And right. it's, gratefully, it's not hard for my business because of that, but it's been very hard for restaurants especially. And um, anyway, I guess I'm hopeful that we'll see a turnaround and a focus on you know, building and creating a strong downtown <laughs> again. Yeah. I like what you said about um, how we like to go to businesses that are locally owned. And I, I see that. I feel like it's happening. At least, you know, Julie and I have been doing that. We'll go to a restaurant that is, you know, downtown. And just to say their name, I mean, Thai Pop, when they moved in there, we love going there. And we like going to these restaurants that are new, that show up, that are locally owned. Um, and it's nice to have that variety. And that it gives me hope seeing them doing well, seeing them full yes. when we go in on maybe a weekday evening yeah. and uh, hoping that that follows suit with some of the other locally owned business. And at least we know that, you know, Joe has fired up his new place downtown mm -hmm. and that seems to be very good as well. Yeah. And I mean, the people that own these businesses, they put their blood, sweat and tears or right. their everything into it. Um, the owners of Thai Pop, they're there often, maybe yeah. all the time. I'm not sure. Right. <laughs> um, Mango Thai, the owners are there every day. Yeah. And Blue Duck, they're there all the time. Yeah. You know, these are people that have made, they've invested their everything into creating these beautiful spaces. And, you know, if we don't support them, then who, who will? And how can they stay operating? Yeah. Until you've owned a small business, you you do not understand the blood, sweat, and tears that go into that. I mean, it's it's exciting to think about being an entrepreneur and starting something new and fresh, but keeping that excitement moving forward and keeping it alive for an extended period of time is is a real craft and we do have businesses down there that have been successful with that in rochester and it is what i like about our downtown as well i agree so and i will add that if you do go in for a cup of coffee at aki you more often than not will see michelle yeah. there working greeting everybody and sometimes even making the coffee as well right yeah you know i love it it's really wonderful i mean i love to host and and that gives me an opportunity to um, connect with people in our community and 
and it's been a real blessing for me for nice. sure and I don't I'm grateful I I don't have to be there my staff is incredible yeah they're so capable and like I'm going out of town next week they've nice. got it whatever they're fine perfect <laughs> I don't have to worry about it and I'm so grateful but I find that even on the weekends I want to go because I want to go get a coffee and it is so yeah. it's so delicious and it's so wonderful to be there and to just enjoy I I love to see people having fun and enjoying their company and having a nice time and smiling and laughing together and all I have to do is go down to a key and hang out for a little bit and I get to see all those right. things. Good vibes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm so grateful. That's awesome. Okay. So if there was only one coffee drink that you could have for the rest of your life, which one would it be? What's, what's your absolute favorite? I like a small latte. A small latte? Yes. Uh, or a cappuccino too. You know, just nice. that ratio of the milk to espresso. Yeah. So. So a good old-fashioned standby you yes. don't have to fill it with syrup or do you have oh, a no. do you have a flavor no, no. okay classic espresso drinks nice are my favorite i am i am on the same page i love it <laughs> yep love it and we, a quick quick side note you oh go ahead i interrupted oh, I was you. gonna say uh we make some of our own syrups and the syrups that we purchase are super high quality like excellent chocolate excellent caramel um locally sourced honey uh, we try to get our maple syrup locally as much as we can as well nice. and uh, but yeah we make our own syrups in-house and if you've seen any of our featured drinks like our seasonal drinks um, those are those syrups and flavors are all crafted in-house as well wonderful so yeah I've got a very creative staff um, Peter uh. especially he's just he's so creative with that stuff and he understands flavors and how they work together and yeah. Yeah, so there's some what mixology involved. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Yeah, it's quite similar to mixing cocktails. Yeah. We actually have a mocktail on tap right now. Do you really? Yes. Nice. I have I need to check the menu a little bit more carefully. I usually have my my coffee drink of choice on the ready, so I don't really mm -hmm. look. Well, it's brand new and uh, yeah, it's worth a try for sure. Awesome. But I get you. I I love my latte. That's what I want. Latte is mine too. I think we've got time for one more question. And then I think we will we'll wrap this up with you. All right. Your family, you, you've, you've mentioned already that you do soccer. What else do you do as a family together? Because you appear to be very relational and you focus on relationships. What does your family do together? Well, now we have a lot of coffee together. <laughs> <laughs> so you have energy to do a lot together. Yeah. <laughs> or at least we go to Ikea a lot together. Um, um, but, uh, yeah, every time my oldest son, Lucas, comes home from college, he wants to go every day. So oh, that's wonderful. Fun. That's cool. But, uh, yeah, so I have two boys, Lucas and Jonas. Lucas will be 20 this month, and Jonas is 17. And Jonas is actually a barista at the cafe and very good at what he does. And, um, but yeah, we like, so Sean and I play co-ed soccer together. Sean actually plays soccer year round. Um, I love, or, and our boys play soccer as well. Um, Lucas in Eau Claire and then Jonas for Rush, our local soccer club. Yeah. And then, um, they both have played for John Marshall, but uh, not currently. So. Lots of soccer. We love to travel. Uh, we love to 
uh, just go outside and take the dog to the park and kick the ball around and things like that. Um, we love to have people over and host people in our home. Um, with a key, some of the connections started from, we had a soccer coach from Brazil living with us for a while. And uh, he was, I mean, he was my brother. He's, he's, uh, he's family. Mm -hmm. And actually our Brazilian cheese bread, the pão de queijo, is his mother-in-law's recipe oh. that we serve at the cafe. And then uh, we were also fortunate to be able to host a young man from Ecuador um, two different summers in our home. And uh, yeah, just to, to connect with people and, and learn about other cultures even. And, and I think we have, I know it's not really a, a hobby or whatever, but uh, or some, maybe something we love to do together, but we, um, we love connecting with people from other areas and learning about different people, I guess, and different oh, cultures. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. This might be a little presumptuous, but I feel like people who are really into soccer are as into it as people who are into fly fishing. Like, you really, there's no <laughs> partial commitment. You are all in. Yes. When, it, when it comes well, to your love of sports. And it is a bit more international than, say, football. I mean, right. soccer is a bit more, you know, cultural, culturally, it expands farther yeah. than I, our traditional football. I feel like it's a little underappreciated in the United States. We're very big on our football. But if you get outside of the United States, it seems like the other football, soccer, is like that's what everybody's playing. Right. All in your house, yeah. is it football? When you have discussions about soccer, do you call it football in your house? It's a good mix. Sometimes we do call it football, and sometimes we call it soccer. Nice. Yeah. And when you travel, I'm sure you you get a good cup of coffee wherever you go. Of course. So. Or I try to. <laughs> <laughs> so I've become quite picky about my coffee. <laughs> bringing it all together. That's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us today and for mm -hmm. sharing your story. We really yeah. do appreciate it. Thank you for your time, Michelle. Yeah, thanks for having me. You bet. All right, you can find us at whitemanbrock.com. That's W-I-G-H-T-M-A-N-B-R-O-C-K.com. And our phone number is 507-509-2879. Thank you for listening.